Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I want to talk to you about what I sense the Lord is, is speaking to this house and to you as individuals about an invitation to wholeness. Um, go with me quickly to Luke 4:18. It says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then He rolled up the scroll and He gave it back to the attendant and dropped the mic and said, Today. Everybody say today. This Scripture is fulfilled. In your hearing, what a moment. Phew, come on, Lord. I like when the Lord is like, like that. Um, but as I was, um, I was recently in Melbourne and in the midst of the night, you know, the Lord just woke me up and He does that and He just began to speak to me about some stuff. And this was a scripture that He put on my heart for, for here. And, and um, this idea or this impression of, of a body, but the Lord healing, His healing going into all these internal parts of of the body, and that's you. Look at your neighbour and say, we're the church. It's not this building, hey? It's not the bricks and the mortar, it's you. So, you know, the enemy in these days, I don't know about you, but the enemy's definitely been trying to weary the people of God, to wear you out. How many of you have felt a bit of that weariness? Show me your hands. Through any means, he, he will try to weary the people of God. And there's this, this, this constant dissemination of noise that's both distracting and fragmented. If you've ever read a gentleman or an author by the name of John Eldridge, he talks about uh, this fragmentation that has been taking place now in our, in our world and that that fragmentation is what, what is like the spirit of the age. There's so much noise around us. You know, noise pollution is one of the second most highest pollutions in the world. Yeah, and then just pull your phone out. <laughs> That's loaded. Yeah, we got technological pollution. But what I love is that Isaiah in Isaiah fifty nine nineteen says this: says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And Pastor Chris said it this morning, and and I was like, oh man, he's gonna he's gonna take what I'm gonna say. But uh, about the idea that there is, there's a fresh wind of God that is blowing upon the church and the earth. Oh, about five of you are excited about that. I was like, come on, guys. I said, hey, come on, is this the church? Am I talking to the church? I said, a fresh wind of God is blowing upon the church in the earth. And when the Holy Spirit moves, He's not very dignified. He doesn't care about your reputation. He's not interested in your learning, yeah, or anything that you think you've got going on, just for those who are maybe feeling a little bit religiously stiff this morning, okay. He's interested in doing His will. And He invites us into it. And if we don't go with Him, He'll go by Himself. He will bypass you to go where He needs to go. You know, some of the biggest moves of God happened outside the four walls of a local church. Hello. They happen in the fields. They happen in the streets. They happen in the marketplace. So just, just because you're in here doesn't mean you're in. Ooh, I'm preaching good. Just whack your neighbour this morning. 
Chris may not invite me back. No. <laughs> but God's writing the story of this world, not the enemy. Not the government, not man-made culture or religion, Him. And He's calling His people to live from that truth, to live from His story, to live from His favour. You know, if you spend your time giving oxygen to other people's narratives as opinions and opinions, you're gonna, you won't have enough breath to write the story that God's put in you. Just let them go and move on. See, the narrative that we live from depends a lot on the noise we are willing to tolerate. What are you listening to? Just poke your neighbour and say, hey, what are you listening to this morning? The Lord is wanting to write a fresh story of healing and wholeness in your lives this morning, both personally and as a community. I have no doubt about it. Like I said, you are in a Kairos time. Let me give you three simple thoughts this morning. I'm going to try and get out of the way a bit more. The first thing I believe for healing and wholeness to happen in our lives is, to, is, is, is that forgiveness needs to take place. So just for context, um, I work in various spaces and one of those is um, not just in a ministry context but in a mental health profession as a registered counsellor and have been for some years now. And I see people come through the door, uh, both Christian and non and one of the biggest things I notice is how forgiveness plays such a significant role in them moving forward. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, you're here because of forgiveness, just by the way. Just saying. You would not have made it into this space without the forgiveness of Jesus being offered to you. So forgiveness is the door to living in God's freedom. Forgiveness doesn't mean, though, that everything is okay. It's important that I say that. Forgiveness does not mean that everything is okay. I say this to, to clients who come through my doors all the time. It doesn't mean that the people or the things that have been done are okay. It's just the key that untangles us from the torment of our past so we can live out God's future. Is that okay? Matthew 18, 21, I won't necessarily go through the whole thing because of time. But if you go there, it talks about the unforgiving debtor, and, you know, and this, this man, this, this business person, he owed all this debt or, or somebody owed him a debt and then he went and he, he owed debt to the king and then he went to the king and, you know, he said, oh, please forgive me. And the king says, yeah, sure. I'm summarising it really badly. Um, and then he goes straight out and somebody else owes his, him money who he's in relationship with, in partnership with. And that person says to him, please forgive me. And he says, no way. And he throws him into the prison. When the king who forgave the original business owner hears of it, he calls him back in. He ends up swapping their places and throws him in there. You know, forgiveness releases us from torment. Some of the things that we are tormented with 
I'm not saying always, but sometimes can be related to the simple fact that we have got things in our heart that we need to forgive. And just for the record, to be completely transparent, the last two nights I've had several dreams and in those dreams I've had several people who I needed to forgive. I mean, crystal clear. So I got up this morning (laughs) and I cleaned the slate. (laughs) I don't want to walk around with that stuff in me. You live lighter when you do. Yeah, you really, really do. And and, uh, I felt something just move in me and shift in my heart for those people. And, you know, listen, if you've lived long enough, you're going to get hurt. (laughs) Just look at your neighbour and say, man, you look like you've lived a long time. No, no. (laughs) But, sorry for those of you. But the, the, the forgiveness is, listen, forgiveness is both the work of our will and the empowering of God's grace. It's a cooperative thing. God doesn't do it for you. You have to do it. Hmm? Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty five. 25, He says, Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. Another version says that if you don't, He will not forgive you yours. That's one of the only places you'll ever see God withhold His forgiveness. Unbelievable. We don't preach that much. Just saying. Okay, I've got to hurry up. Um, one, of the, one of the most, I think one of the greatest gifts you and I can offer the world is our personal wholeness. The world's full of broken things and broken stuff and broken people. And there's something beautiful about when people can come into your orbit and what they experience is a non-anxious presence. They experience a person who's centred. doesn't mean they're perfect. It just means they're centred. They're, they're, there's something of wholeness in them. And it's probably important to mention that wholeness isn't perfection. Shalom in Hebrew simply means nothing missing or nothing broken or out of alignment. So I want to suggest further that wholeness is a lot to do with integrity and when we think of integrity, we think somebody who's just, you know, really right and they're doing the right thing and all that sort of stuff. But integrity in Latin actually is the word integer or in, interpreted, integrated, complete. To have a complete existence means that we're able to live from our truest authentic self in Christ. It means we're not hiding the shadows of who we are. To walk in wholeness doesn't mean that I'm walking in perfection. It just means that I know my blind side as well as the one that I can see. I know my darkness and my light and I embrace them in the fullness of Jesus. Hello? Just look at your neighbour and say, you got some stuff, don't look funny. Hmm? We all do. The Father's heart is going to heal and restore the joy of your salvation in here. Why don't you just close your eyes for a second. Let's just pray. I just say this when you say, Father, I let go. Father, I let go. Father, I give up all my hurts, my cares, my dreams. Fill me once again. Amen.
Number two. I love that clock. It's the best. The second thing, second thing I want to suggest to you is that in order for healing and wholeness to take place fully in our own lives and as a community, I think, is to really deeply understand and experience the radical grace of God. The radical grace of God. God's grace is scandalous. It really is. <laughs> it ain't cheap and it ain't hype. It's real. Oh, I want to dig there. Just sit in that thought. You didn't get in here by your effort or your works or they're all nothing. Paul said, I... I live by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. And His grace to me was not without effect. Grace makes us who we are. Grace is what opens the door. We are justified by faith and have peace with God, and access into this grace in which we now stand. We don't have to fight to get it. We're in it. You're in it right now in the grace of God. And understanding that that grace is not just about God's undeserved favour and love and kindness, but it's also about his empowering. It's about his ability in us. Grace will open doors for you that your, your strength will not. I tend to now, probably because I'm getting older, is I don't really want to follow my strength. It's let me down too many times. I would rather follow His grace. Let grace open the door for you. Let grace make the way. Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller, respectfully has passed and was an incredible you know, Bible teacher and leader and, and uh, around the world, well respected. He said, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. And yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. We all fall short of the glory of God. When people talk about sin. It's a funny word, sin, but really what it means is to miss the mark, to miss what God's doing, to miss His best for us. We're, he's here and we're here. And grace is the opportunity to, to, that invites us to live where He calls us to live. It's as simple as that. The Apostle Paul says, I'll boast in my weaknesses so the power of Christ may rest on me. Yeah, that's where his power is made manifest the most. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. The glory of God is found in that place. And his glory answers our frailty. His glory will answer our weakness. His glory will answer our queries for identity and truth. His glory sets us apart from this world and its idols. When we have no desire for our own glory, we will abandon all need for crowns, titles and position. Jeremiah said, if any man glories, let him glory in this, that he knows me. I don't want to be known. I don't want platforms. I just want him. Is anybody else there? I believe God is raising a remnant 
to rising in the earth today. That's a presence-driven generation. A presence-driven church. It's almost like the church within the church. A church and people that's criers. Unless your presence goes with us, Lord, we will not go from here. And I believe that this is one of those churches. That you will become that. That you are and you will become a presence-driven church. Come on, somebody be excited about it. <clears throat> church that lives with the rich contours of faith and not constraints of religion and confinement. Can I submit to you today, church, that God must reset, realign and readjust you for the purpose of repair and renewal to take place. But as you surrender and, and as I surrender in this moment too, we're going to see the glory of God and wholeness flooded to our lives. And you know, while God is working in you, it's okay to be broken in the middle of his wholeness. I've learned that in time his wholeness will swallow up my brokenness. There's a Jewish thought called Tikkun Alam, which is the thought about healing the world that God gave to the Jewish people. But he's given that to the church. We're stewards to heal the world. You are. Look at your neighbour and say, you're a steward of healing the world. But before we engage in that work, we've got to allow him to heal our personal world inside and out. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.